Is that inaugural? Is that how you say it? Inaugural? Initial? Is this initial or inaugural? I can't say it. I'm to the west of Scotland, so... The maiden voyage, mate. The maiden voyage. The maiden voyage. It's the pilot. It's the pioneer. It's the, it's the fucking snowball at the top of the hill. Oh, may as well let you know, Bob, you can do your best swearing than whatever else is. Yeah, you know, yeah. But I think we're, we're, going to see, we're going to knock the sea word off. We're right in saying that, we agreed on that. Aye, I'll do my best. So if you, you want to let loose, you know what I mean? So <laughs> for the people that are listening in to us at whatever date or whatever time, this is Bob Keenan. He is our first guest on our podcast. Podcast with no name. Yeah, so far. So we maybe, need, we maybe need to come back to that. Maybe that's the name for it, the podcast with no name. Yeah, an anonymous um, podcast, I like an anonymous podcast, so uh, depends on how to find us. But <laughs> so, Bob, I'm going to ask you a wee bit about yourself just now. Obviously, you yourself have just launched your own podcast uh, through the Scotland Stoics. So, pardon me, I don't mean to be quite rude, Bob, but what, you don't really find many Stoics in the, the west of Scotland and, or North Lanarkshire as it is. So. Do you want to tell us how you kind of came about to be a, a, a veteran of the broadcasting industry? How did you get into stoicism and, and what made you launch the podcast? Yeah, that's an excellent question, mate. Stoicism, um, for those who don't know, is an ancient Greek philosophy that was founded by a guy called Senior Montesino of Cytium. Um, and it was just, it was, it was like most um, philosophy that come from that area, that time, that era in time. It was Socratic in its nature. So the Stoics started after a guy called Zeno. And what I found about it was, I came about it accidentally, totally, I mean, purely accidentally. I, um, I, I've, as I'll mention through the, the time in the podcast, I, I've got addiction issues. I've had addiction issues for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And my backstory with that was I've not drank alcohol for nearly 16 years, right? But really, about oh, seven, eight years ago, I, I lifted up cocaine again. I, 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 my head turned a lot of shite, and, and, and put it later, I says, Oh, you're just an alcoholic. All oh, this bullshit. Mm-hmm. And my reality with that yeah, was that um, I ended up in a dark, dark place, really dark place. And there was a guy in the work who accidentally knew the Stoics are massive on believing in fate, right? They talk about, and there's a guy called Frederick Nietzsche, who's a philosopher, he, he, came up, he came up with the term, a mori fati, love of one's fate. So I believe it was fate that this book was given to me. And what happened was I got gave, gave this book, mate, and it was a guy, you know, Darren Brown, the, the, the magician, yeah. he's not a magician, he's, you know, he's a, he's a psychologist. Illusionist. Uh, Samuel, you've read one of his books, haven't you? You've read yeah, Happy. Happy, I, Happy I, was I, it, I introduced me to yeah. kind of stoicism. I, um, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. please carry on, man. I, yeah, so his book, so, so Darren's book uh, introduced me to the Stoics. Now, I was, me being the type of personality, I'm right, I am an addictive personality. I get obsessed with everything, really obsessed with it. You give me something, I know, Jared, you're like yourself, you're in weights and you get, you're writing about it every day. I'm like that with running, which we'll discuss a wee bit later on. And we're that way with drugs, I was like that with drink, I was like that with women, I was that thing. So when I heard about these Stoics, I was like, who's the Stoics? So I started researching who the Stoics were, and then there was a guy in the book that spoke about, a guy called Arthur Schopenhauer, who was very pessimistic. I started reading a wee bit about him, but he's, ah, he's bang on with some of his stuff, but you can read that at a later date. But the mm-hmm. thing that really interested me with the Stoics was, um, I, I started reading at them, and what really impressed me with them was that they, they seen the virtue, virtue has been the highest ideal right now. I'm in a fellowship where a lot of people use the term God. Now, I'm not dissing the term God, but the, the God I get to up with was my God. God. God as you see it as, as, I, as I, that, right? so, so the God when I, the God I grew up with was the fire and brimstone stuff. You know, my granny would say to me, I used to steal a biscuit, my granny would say to me, You got in a bad hell. hell. I've just been involved with heavy violence and I've been involved with criminality, no major, no minor stuff. Uh, a lot of my friends who you know, a lot of my friends who you do know, yeah. they were involved with major. I was just in the periphery, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so right. when 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 I get to with this God that I grew up with, was like, you've gone to the bad fire for the things you've done. So that's the kind of that was my concept. Here. So when it, when I started reading about stoicism, the Stoics were saying, no, no, the highest ideal is virtue, and virtue for me was excellence of character, right? Mm-hmm. So the Stoics, what they came away with, right? They came away with this idea that 
you as a human being have got full control over your character, right? So mm-hmm. that includes your actions, yeah. It includes what you desire, what you don't desire, right? Okay, and your judgments. That's pretty much it, right? And what they see is a goalpost and signpost for that is through the cardinal virtues. So for the Stoicism, there was four main cardinal virtues. Yeah. Um, so there was wisdom, wisdom to make the right choices in life, right? Yeah. And obviously I lacked that. I lacked that most of my life because for the majority of my life, Gerard, um, I um, was I was totally in about vice, you know. I was overindulging it. I'd overindulge in drugs. I would overindulge in pornography. I would overindulge in drink. I would overindulge obsessive woman. All this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, really, really, really do, stuff. do you think? Do you think that excessiveness comes because I'm I'm a bit like you, Bob. Sorry, and I'm yeah. there, man. I came from quite a religious background as well, mate. And yeah. sometimes you think we see that suppression. And that being told not to go to it. As you know yourself with kids, you, you say to them, don't do that or don't go near that thing. Well, the first thing they're saying is, I wonder what's over there. So I don't know if that comes to it. And again, I'm like you. I'm kind of, I was I was brought up in a religious background and then I came away from it and then I was dissing it at first and then when I come yeah. back and I thought, you know what, see, see if it keeps people on the right track and stops them doing the right thing. I don't really care whether they talk to a god or lampposts or, or even cats and dogs. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's when it's used as a weapon. But do you think that suppression for a, a religious background then leads to that, you know, indulgence as you get older and, and you start to kind of, is it that you like sinning a wee bit, so to speak, with, you know, because I'm a bit like you as well. I, I kind of done my things in the past and that as well. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I used to, and I'll be honest about it, it was a wee bit about me. It's like, I, I like that sort of thing. But monkey see, monkey do as it was then. So it was just interesting you're touching on the religious part there, the, the kind of suppressiveness. And I think when as young males, uh, the backgrounds that we all kind of came from, the worst thing you can do, especially with emotions, feelings, and then is hold on to something. And when you hold on to it and you hold on to it, it, it just comes out in the wrong way. So it was just a thought on that way with the, with the kind of religion and the, the background on that. Yeah, definitely. It, 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 in a sense, and I'm a bit of a stoic as well, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not obviously, I don't, know the intricacies as, as well as you do, right? But I like the mechanics here. That's what I like. And yeah. I've touched on this for yourself before about the, the CBT training and stuff like that, yeah. uh, cognitive behavioural therapy. And, and they, they break it down, you know, the, the mechanics of it. And it was, it was formed off the back of a couple of guys that were in the stoicism. But it's quite similar, is it not, in a sense, to religion, you know, in, in, a, in a doctoring way, would you say? Or, or would you think it's... The, 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 I, I, I agree and disagree at the same time. So, mm-hmm. what, so the virtues alone, right? So if you go and check Christian virtues, they've got seven virtues. I can't remember. Yeah. So they've got the four cardinal virtues that the Stoics had. And they added, the, the, I think one was charity, love and something else, doesn't matter. But the thing which differentiated me from, from the religious element with that was that the ideal that you had to let's look up to somebody like Jesus Christ who was a God, right? So this is my this is where I had the, a lot of um, gripes with Christianity. It was like, I'm a flawed human being, right? Yeah. yeah. And to try and live up to the ideals of a God is that I was never going to do, right? So what the Stoics did, they, they seen people as being the ideal sages, right? So there was a couple examples. They used Socrates as an ideal sage, right? Somebody who lived up to lofty ideals. And what they say is that you'll never be the ideal sage, but try your best to get as close to it. And mm-hmm. see, for me, you know, they used the term sin. I hated the word sin because it felt that everything that I was doing was, uh, was, was bad, it was dirty, it was simple, it was horrible. Do you know that kind of stuff? Aye. Whereas you didn't get that with stoicism, you didn't get that at all. There wasn't an, an element mm-hmm. that in it. It was just a case of doing the best that you can do, Aye. trying to get to those ideals or those virtues, which was the opposite I've never done before. You know, so, so encourages, it, it sort of encourages to learn for your mistakes as well and, and and then there and like you said there as well there is not in the sense where there is no right and wrong but at the same time you know one of the one one of the the, the, the phrases I use with when I and I try to explain it is you think well weather's just weather. Well, people say rain's bad weather and people say sun's good weather but you know somebody in the world somebody thinks rain's great and somebody in the world you know thinks that the sun's terrible and that sort of thing. So so it's really it's a subjective matter and then, and, and whose who's knowledge is it sinful or wrong or whatever else? But again, it just, it's an encouragement to kind of 
learn as you go along with it, I suppose, yeah? No, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's so, go, let me go back to that book you were talking about then, Bob, that happy book. That, so that was the first yeah. book that kind of introduced yeah. you to yeah. like, stoicism and kind of broke it down for you. Uh, I read that one as well, as Jerry was saying, um, and I found, it, I found it really good. Again, it was a break of doing that I could understand it. And I think the kind of message he was basically, what it boiled down to, was he was saying, like, you get what you can control, which is, you were saying, your actions and your thoughts and your yeah. judgments and what you can control, which essentially is everything else. It's like other people's behaviour, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like things that are happening all around about you. And it's essentially just saying, just be like, indifferent to that, try and like, like, not attach any meaning to that kind of thing, because that's what's causing you to get annoyed. Like you're making yourself annoyed type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. See, the, the better thing is that people sometimes go wrong on it, right? It says it's like, so you, it's not like, a lot of people from stoicism they say it's been um, detached from emotion, which is not the case, right? Because you might be indifferent to outside external events, but then what the stoics use is a term called preferred indifference, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, right? That's where the gap apathy is, isn't it? Where yeah, the, the word apathy comes from, yeah, and people apathy, associate yeah. the word apathy is quite a, a derogatory meaning now because of the way it's been in English language yeah, and translated yeah. now. You know, if you've got no feelings or emotions for anything, but yeah. it really means it's like it's, the way I think the Stoics of my understanding, they like to think it was, it was in between what we know as empathy and apathy. You're not yeah, really spending a, an emotional value or a taxation on it in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing with the, the attaching to the externals is like, if you've got that preferred, so for example, which I was mentioning about, like, I've got good health today, I know you've used both of the good health, you've trained, you've like that. so that's a preferred indifference, right? But if my health is to be took away tomorrow, my character can still remain the same. I can still yeah. be a good person if I, go, if I live a virtuous life. I don't have to, another example, I've got my own business, right? My business is relatively successful, but if that business is to get took away from me tomorrow, my character will still remain good if I live up to the ideals of the virtues of the story spoke about. And that's where my life changed dramatically, was looking towards those aspects of my life. And that's when my life, my life gets better and better to where I'm at today, having a podcast with you guys and, and you know, just shooting the breeze because it's, my life's good today. And that's uh, because I'm trying my best to not attach myself to externals, but also know the externals that I do have, I prefer to have them in my life. But if they're not in my life, my character can remain good no matter what. Right. That's a, it's a brilliant mini summary of it there, and I suppose I can ask the question then: where, how, for your personally with yourself there, and you've you broke it down quickly, and you kind of touched on the, the addiction and recovery part. So, how did that actually then fit into your life then, when when you started evaluating the things that you should desire and not desire, and virtue and character, and and how did that then help you, like you're saying, coming out of that stage of where you were with you know some of your past. Uh, episodes or misdemeanors in life? That's a great question, Jim. See, for me, it was all about experience, right? So I experienced the other aspects of the life that we spoke about. I experienced what it was like to be in the depths of addiction, try to chase uh, material goods, try to chase externals, external yeah. things that are out with my power. And when I came across that philosophy, the great thing about it was that everything that I had in my life that I needed in my life was already in my life. You know what I mean? I didn't need to seek externals elsewhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then what you get for that, so the byproduct of that then, is that you've then get gratitude for what you've got in your life today. Do you, does that make sense to you? Yeah, it's perfect sense for that. You know, yeah. it makes, it's like, if my son was to get took away today, you know, I would lose that mail and say, something want another son, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Of, right. that, of the money that was in my bank was to get yeah. took away today, I would lose that more than the, the, the million pound that I would maybe want to seek in the future, do you know what I mean? Right. Or, or, my, right. or my, my wife or my ex-partners, or, do you know what I mean? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I'm not like grateful type of thing, like just you're essentially I, 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 keep I, I, remaining I, I, grateful for what you've got, you're yeah, not letting the novel to wear off it type of thing. Absolutely, and that's what the Stoics always, they, they were great. It was that they recognised that all that you need in life is you've got the new. So anybody listening to the podcast and they're going through turmoil, they're going through stress, and that resilience training, which we'll probably speak about later on anyway, is, mm-hmm. is a great way of getting through that. But see what you've got in your life. Say you say, oh, I've got these shoes, you've still got two feet. There's people who have got yeah. feet. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, you know, yeah, you can still walk, you know, and you can still, you know, there's people that would just would love to walk, you know what I mean? And even if it went as back to say, you had the worst life in any human being in the world, 
you wouldn't know that anybody was any worse, any worse so just be grateful for what you have grown, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's an extreme example, that's a very mm-hmm. extreme example, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. only been appreciated for you because we're only on this earth for a short, short period of time, yeah. a very, mm-hmm. very short period of time, yeah. and while we're here, just try and experience it and learn from it the best you can, and yeah. that's what I go for the philosophy, and that's yeah. what I try and get back within the community and the stuff that we do. No, that's a great summary. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let, me, let me just quietly ask you Bob then right, you're just talking there about that and then um, like putting it into kind of practice and kind of remaining grateful and all that kind of thing right did it take you a, like, a period of time because we're all kind of stuck in our own perspective sometimes you're looking at it and you're going oh this is all happening to me blah 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 and you don't even think oh that guy's getting no feet or whatever else or whatever that you know what I mean that kind of thing like, is, is it just a case of like practicing it trying to be kind of conscious of it or what's the uh, Great question again. Stoicism for me, right, is, is, a philo- is a philosophy. It's not a life hack, right? So it's not something we read one book and then we've taken stuff a book and then we practice it and then everything's great in a day, right? It is nowhere near that, right? I still struggle every single day, like every other human being. My mind can be negative at times. I can need to shift my perspective on things. My gratitude can go because emotion can take over and so forth, you know what I mean? So, no, it's, uh, it's about trying your best just to adapt to the situation. But what you do find is when you practice it more, Lawrence, what happens is that you get... Uh, I'm just calling you Lawrence. I'll just call you Simo because that's... Yeah, Simo's fine. Whatever, man. So, see, the weekend, he usually gets called Susan, but he doesn't tell him, does That's on a Sunday night. Which is he's still a Sunday in, night, you know? Technically, he's still in Susan mode, so... <laughs> But well, we can, we can clear that up later on. We'll get on. Yeah. We'll do that up later. So, anyway, no, I, we're moving on. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> How do you edit? <laughs> <laughs> it's really like, it's like you need to practice. It's a daily, it's a daily practice and stuff. Right? So, for example, right? So, it's one of the sort of practices or exercises you use is a daily journal, right? So, I do a review every single day. Oh, I'd say every single That's my ego talking here every day, right? 99% of the time, okay? 100 days, 99 days, I'll do the review, right? I sometimes forget because maybe I'm away somewhere. Same with meditation, which we can discuss later on. So the, all these things over a, accumulate over a period of time is it behaviour start to change, right? So, so for example, I've been back in recovery now coming up, I'll be four years coming up, right? When I first came through the door, I was rock bottom, right? Absolutely rock bottom. I was busted, dusted, uh, but busted, what is it they say? Busted, disgusted, not to be trusted. You know, that's the way I was. I was lower then a snake's belly, right? And what I did, bit by bit, we came through that book. And there's another book I go, and there's a book, a great book I read. And, um, and if I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous as well, and Cocaine Anonymous. There's a great book in there, I know. And it was the practices that I go for those books that happened over a period of time made my character better and better and better. And I'm still with the Polished Article, and I'll, to the day I die, I'll never be the Polished Article. Right. So, Samuel, the question that you asked about, does it, does it happen? It's just a case of building up on a daily basis, gain wee things at a time, look towards virtue, look towards gaining a wee bit back, giving a wee bit back. And I'll give you an example of this, I'll finish up with this, 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 the question you're doing this. For example, the day I may have helped my, my stepdaughter, my stepdaughter's, um, she's 22 year old, she's pregnant, Holly, she'll shout out for you because she'll, she'll, she'll listen to this eventually. And she's going to have a... Uh, yeah, that means we've got one listener. I'll forward on to the, a few of my mates, we'll get a few anyway, but she, yeah. she, you know, I'm helping her pain up and I was a selfish self centered human being that only cared about myself. See paint for somebody else, I would be there, even my own stepdaughter. Now I've got the, the joys that was a grandchild going to come into this world soon enough, right? Oh. You see the day, see where my character, this is stoicism works, right? My character means I can be there and be there for my family. Like I know you did, Gerald, when you're COVID Tyson. Samo, I know you did. We've all been there because we've, we've used our character to do these things. But this is alien stuff to me. I didn't give a yeah. fuck. I was out there getting mad with it and I didn't care about anything. I knew I'm getting a wee bit back. Right. And people in the book start to recognise that, but more important you recognise that yourself. You know what I mean? Oh. So I hope that can answer your question. It's not right. something that happens overnight, mate. It's something that has to be worked at on a daily basis. And the mm-hmm. results are you're gonna have a lot of ups and downs right now. I'm gonna get out of this quickly, right? 
massively in stoicism. They talk about resilience, right? To deal with any situation. You spoke about it earlier about judgment, right? No, it's ever I attach a judgment to a situation defines what that situation is, right? So, for example, my son has been involved with criminality, right? In the last few years, when I've been clean and sober, I went through a divorce, clean and sober, um, a marriage breakdown, a horrendous marriage breakdown, I'm back with my partner. I went back with my partner again and broke up again. And ironically, but I'm going to shout out to her again. We're talking again, so it's resilience. Trust me, we love each other to death, right? But we'll just, we love each other, but sometimes we can't stay with each other. Do that kind of stuff. Is that a fairy tale you like a challenge, Pope? Is that a fairy tale you like a challenge? I love a challenge. She's a wild, <laughs> she's a wild stallion who can't be tamed, and I've been trying for nearly 15 years. We've been through divorce, we've been through addiction, we've been through everything together, and we're still in love with each other, right? It's been crazy. I just left her the other noon and we'll just talk. So, amazing, right? But I've been through all this crazy, mad stuff, you know, social work, police involvement, and it's not been me for a change. You know, in the past, it was me that was causing all this mayhem, and it was it was externals again. But mm. what, it, what I did is I go through it all. And this is what I'm saying to anybody that's listening into this. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. You will get through it. Life's about experience. And the experiences that don't kill you only they make you stronger. You know what I mean? And that's what happened for me. So if anybody's, well, I'll keep contact details up. And if anybody wants to talk we'll do that. Because you know what? We're all survivors in here. You know, it's like we, we, we can get through anything. But all you right. just need to put the work in. No, that's perfect. Well, I say we'll, we'll get all the links and where to find you and stuff like that. We'll file that in at the end of it, mate. And, uh, we can see how you reach out. And by the way, while we're on the, the topics of shout outs to pregnant stepdaughters, my, my stepdaughter shout out to Caitlin. So there's another there's another listener that we've got two definitely. Who yeah, she's gonna yeah, nice. she's I know you're too young, Samo. I know me and Bob but we're you know <laughs> I know we're we're uh, you know, uh, um, I'm, uh, I'm at the dying beard phase and all that, as you know, but uh, no, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a pap, Papa G. Oh, Officially for tomorrow. There you go. So uh, I'll be I'll be first in the queue there, Bob. Um, <laughs> but that, I mean that's honestly great. You're, you're describing there about stoicism and how it works into the fabric of your life and even the adversity and stuff like that right now. But and I suppose I would lead when you're talking when you you said about the the daily battle there. Are you talking about a daily battle with your addictions and recovery? Is that something that no, you know? I, do you do? You, do you find that? I don't really get, uh, to be honest, the, 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 the addiction issue, the, the thought of drink is like so far removed. The thought oh, of using cocaine is so far mm-hmm. removed. I don't think of it at all. The daily battles I get on is, is like a lot of people, it's just the mind. You know, it's like uh, what things are chasing desires, right. uh, negative self-talk at times. You know, I, I, I had a history of... I had depression when I was younger. Um, I had anxiety, I had depression, and it's been fleeting in my life for 20 years. So stoicism has been massively helping me for that. So I can still have my battles with that, but it's no intense. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It's not, really, Aye, no, it's not the way that it once was. The best way I could describe it, and anybody that's dealt with depression will tell you this, it was the way I felt was that I wasn't plugged in. That's the best way I can describe it. It's like you, you feel you're not plugged in. I know that might sound crazy to somebody who's never experienced it, but you just feel detached and dis- uh, disconnected. And right. you're in, your internal world's always in turmoil, whereas the external right. world is still going on. Does that make right. sense? Right, perfect. So, so you, would you say in your younger years that the, the depression lead to the anxiety? The, sorry, did the depression lead to the addiction? Or did the, it was a chicken and egg? The addiction lead to... The, or that chemical imbalance and seating dopamine and all the rest of it. Like, what, what, what came first with that? Mate, if you don't I mind, think it, I think that from my own experience, looking back in hindsight, it was it was probably the drug abuse and alcohol abuse that created the depression. I don't think the depression was naturally there. Right. But I, I mean, it's the chicken and egg thing. I don't really know. Right. Right. Because when obviously it did contribute massively to to obviously severe depression and severe anxiety, one thing, you know. Because when we, when we talk about it, and I had a bit of a selfish trait like yourself when I was a bit younger, and it was always me, 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 and, and whatever else, and then that kind of that that tends to shape your personality and who you are and and, and what you put back out into the world. But I I was never necessarily raised that way as well. You know, I was I was raised to be a good boy and everything else. But it's like one of them, and you try to trace it back and think to yourself, what, what actually came first here? Was I arsehole before I started to drink drugs or whatever else? Or was I actually, or did the drinking drugs make me an arsehole? 
but uh, it, sometimes it's you can go back and trace it as best you can and you can put your finger on it and say it was that time or it was that or it was that conversation or it was that relationship with that person but I think in, and I like this is where I like stoicism myself it, it's our monkey to tame do you know what I mean it's the here and now and saying right and this is where I try to look at people and, and where they are just now right and, I, and, and I'm not I don't I like the, the idea that like I said between empathy and apathy as we know it yeah, because yeah. at the same time, listen, I understand what's happened here, and I understand you might have had a rotten childhood, or I understand that you, you know, the rotten breakup, or somebody might have had a rotten experience, or, or it could have been worse than that. But we're talking about the here and now, and I think too many people in life use it as an anchor just to keep themselves where they are. And I'm, I suppose, I'm talking about poacher fun gamekeeper now because I was that guy. And when you're talking about when you were calling yourself these names earlier on and that's how you felt, like I, I can go back, I can absolutely slaughter myself and I can say it myself, but but I know what actually got me out of that and what brought me here. And it wasn't sitting feeling sorry for myself or it wasn't sitting trying to point the finger at somebody else. I'm like, right, listen, we need to get the sleeves rolled up here and work. And that's where I like the me- stoicism for me is great because of the mechanical process. It's the philosophical process. And like you're saying, you don't necessarily need to answer to a God. And see if you got up the next day and you've had a bad day, you're not going to the bad fire like you say. You're like, right, you know what, that was that was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Put that one to bed and we'll start again tomorrow. And, and you can move on to it because we do stay in that negative uh, mindset and the negative self-talk. And I think a lot of us in adulthood, that's what beats us down because we put ourselves into these labels and we give ourselves this, anchorage to keep ourselves there and then we tend to end up using it as excuses as well so um, so I mean if you don't like again speaking about the, the addiction and the recovery community I mean is it, would it be fair to say you're quite well known and you're quite a popular guy within there and, and you know how has the recent events with COVID and all of that kind of um, had a bearing on that because you would tend to think that people are relying massively on the, the, the coping mechanisms that they maybe had before because they've got all this you know, unfamiliar stress put back on them, you know, with furlough, work, kids, family, all that sort of thing going on. Just, if you don't mind touching on that a wee bit, mate. I see. It, it, we've been very, very fortunate, even though the COVID crisis has been obviously a damaging effect globally, obviously people dying on a daily basis for it. Um, and so, and obviously for the, the addiction community, there's a big emphasis on fellowship, you know, community spirit, and connecting with one another. So, for example, if I go to an AA meeting, I shake everybody's hand. If I go to a, 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 a CA meeting, everybody gives each other a hug. You know, it's just that's what we do. It's, it's the way that we're, we've kind of set the fellowships up. So, when COVID kicked in, there was a, there was a fear that there might be a, like a knock-on effect of a lot more people using that. But it actually we came together. And what we came together is where we have doing this podcast today. There was a great format that could bring us all together and still remain together. And that was through Zoom, it was through Skype, mm-hmm. it was through different mm-hmm. means of uh, communication. There was obviously still the, the inventory stuff I was telling you about. There was still messages going out to people, phone calls going out to people and so forth. But the Zoom format, for me especially, it connected us with people across the world. So, for example, I ha- I'm, the, I'm the chair of the, the Cocaine Anonymous um, Scottish Convention Committee. Oh, brilliant, man. So, the, the part of the... the Part of remit was to we have a, a convention every year in Scotland. Um, we use about three, four hundred people turn up, um, sometimes more. Uh, they come from Canada, America, Ireland, all over Europe, uh, from Asia, right? Amazing, mate. That's amazing. But we had to contend with COVID. So, so being the chair, the chair of the, the committee was like, so what do we do here? What are we going to do? There's no convention. You know, we can't, we can't have more than what, 50 people at one time. You know, saying, I think less than that. They've back to me again. Um, social, I think you can have only six people in a social gathering there. Mm. So, so what we did is we, we came together on, a, on an online basis like we're doing now. So we had an online convention with two online conventions and we got speakers from all over the world to come on and they would share like I'm sharing a new, but they would get to depth about their addiction issue, their past traumas, so forth. And it was good. We raised a lot of money in that and we put the money by. So, <coughs> so 2021, hopefully, hopefully yeah. we'll have a big grand uh, event again, back to the way it was. But the way it's going, the new, we might even have it then. So I don't know, but it's been good. So Zoom has been a great thing for the, the, yeah, the, the uh, community. Mm-hmm. ACA, any, all these different, other fellowships and all. 
see, Cocaine Anonymous, Alan Cox Anonymous, we've not got monopoly over addiction, you know, because people be, can yeah. get clean through either stoicism, churches, um, you know, different treatment centres, that, but yeah. we do do pretty well. We do we'll get quite a high success rate. Yeah. So that's yeah. my kind of answer to that. Yeah, we, probably Zoom is probably one of the best yeah. answers. I mean, that's amazing, all this stuff that you're doing. Um, just you know, yeah. listening to all this story that you're doing and how you, you're basically taking what kind of essentially stoicism and you've kind of turned it into a wee formula to kind of, you were on your arse now, and now you're doing all these kind of great things and not only have you got your, uh, all your relationships kind of back on track and yourself back on track, you're then kind of sharing that knowledge with other people who are in that position that you, maybe you were in or a similar one and my hat's off to you, mate. It's, uh, it's really good stuff that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the thing is, I try my best, Simo, you know, it's like, but it's like the heat can tell you a lot of shit, you know, or I could be doing more that, but that's just the way we get it, you know, that's mm. how we are, and I, I genuinely do, do my best to try and help people the best I can, but oh. I'm only human, I'm flawed, I can still be an arsehole like the rest of you, you know what I mean? Oh, I'll be a top arsehole. He's an arsehole, Bob, but I'll just say that now, he's still an arsehole, you know what I mean? Ah, yeah, Mr. Arsehole. You're brilliant, mate. You're doing yeah. brilliant. What about your training then? What's your, um, yeah, I know you're obviously a, a fitness enthusiast. You're doing a lot of running. You're in about the kind of cold water exposure, all that kind of thing. What, uh, is, 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 is he find that stoicism helps you to get you motivated to do that or anything along the lines? That's a good, it's a really good question, actually, mate. Is as you as you know, you know, and for the listeners who won't, who don't know, is that I'm an avid runner. So I, uh, I, 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 I yeah, a beast, bro. Don't play it, down, mate. You're an absolute savage, right? Don't fuck about me. You know, I mean, don't play that soon. When you fired over me some of the times that you're doing, I'm like, fuck him. I'm not training with him, man. He goes like, I hey, well, busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm not uh, running. But, but it's like anything else. It's like, you know yourself. It's like, back to the stoicism of building character. It's like, you know yourself, Jared, especially. You, you're, you're fucking built inside the house, right? So, but to get that and to... Herbalife, mate. Big shout out to Herbalife. It was all through Herbalife. <laughs> 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 you uh, nah, I just like so I don't know I don't even mind about him life I just like it <laughs> but it's like, like, it's like you know yourself it's like it's back to the character stuff it's like with fitness is the same it's like why am I fast today is because I do it every day right uh, so I'll give you an example well, I, I hurt my foot last week I've seen that to you before mm-hmm. in we were running over the Cairn Dorms last week I, feel, I went out with a couple of ultra runners but these guys fly down hills man and um, we were doing the house, but I'm a, I'm a road runner, so I'm not used to running there, these big boulders, uh, fucking moss, all this kind of stuff. So I get a man for about eight times, you know what I mean? Eight times, and eventually, um, again, at the eighth time, and I really hurt it, so I didn't run for a week. Uh, I, I ran 10 miles a day, right? So I, I do that. So, or, for example, on a Sunday, I run 10 to 16 miles, right? Sometimes up to 20. That's amazing. See, when you're saying that as if it's nothing, just on a Sunday, Sunday afternoon, mate. I fucking stay a week 10, 16 miles. Aye, bar, fucking aye. Take it easy, Boba. Take it easy, mate. Right. So, I've been a sore fan. It's usually the best. Hey, what I'll go out on a Monday and I'll do eight mile and I'll get my training, I'll get my, my structured sessions on a Tuesday, I've got uh, another kind of medium long run on a Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday I'll do another structured session, Friday I'll, I'll only do five miles guys, so not too much. We'll do a time trial or we'll do, we'll do something, so I'm very cardio based, you know what I mean, I do, right. I do a lot of, um, I don't do as much as you big man with the, the gym sessions, but I do a wee bit of Toning, you know, I'll do right. some light, light weights. I'll do, I'll get my legs in shape now. Right. Maybe stretching, but not as much as I should be stretching. And my mm. biggest downfall is for yourself, someone or My biggest downfall is my, 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 my diet. My diet's shocking. You know, it's shocking. Yeah. But what I'm all really good at, what I'm all really good at, is starting to the cardinal virtue of temperance. So I don't eat a lot. So even though I run yeah. a lot, I can keep the weight off me. So my running's quite good because of that. But man, honestly, like again, example, I did 10 miles a day, and the first thing I did was come back here two pieces of sausage. <laughs> no, man. Get calories back in I'm the same. We were talking about that this morning, like when people say to me, like, I know what to do and when to do it, and I know everything about it. And then I'll come in and I'll open the, the cupboard door, and there's a bag of drumsticks, two eggs. I'm like, 
Right, come on. And then I think, right, you know what? No, we'll do. We'll just talk about the calories. We'll just that's that. If I don't take, if I put out more than I take in, it's just like savings account. So that's the way I go. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm too good. Less. I mean, I'm, I'm at a deficit now, so I'll probably need to. After this, I'll probably stop and, uh, right. four, four, five o'clock and get myself back on track. But that's what keeps the weight off me. And you know yourself, we're running, so I'm quite fast, but. The, but the but that's the lighter you're the faster you'll go. So that's just me- mechanics. Aye, so see the see the hardship and resilience, endurance thing, right? I know no much so much is just endurance as in like the, the physical training side it. Yeah. And I know you said you've got an addictive personality. Yeah. Would you say you're addicted to hardship? Because the Stoics used to talk about the suffering and and when they talked about, they used to say about cold water as well, because I wondered yeah. whether the cold water came from the, the stoic background or whether it came from like the medicinal recovery thing or, or how all that came about. With, or you just implemented it through the training, but I like the suffering, right? And there's guys like David Goggins and what I like. Yeah. And I think there's, and I need to watch how I say this, I don't know if it's Sifis, is it or something, the, the, yeah. the, the mythology in Greek, but he's, I don't know why I say it, it sounds like it's an, an STD. But do you know what I mean? Like, I need to watch it. I need, I need to watch it. I've got my list gone, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, because yeah. bank style, so try to say that. But I like the process. Like, see, pushing the rock up the hill. Aye. I don't like, when you get to the top, and, uh, and I, was, I was listening to a couple of podcasts myself the other week, and yeah. we, get, we get dopamine releases as we go along the process. So everybody thinks that the goal, the end goal, is where you get the right the winners, you know, the medal and the trophy and whatever else. But see the little markers as we go along that tell that that's how we that's how we stay on track with it. Because we can say like ourselves, I'll do a mile in that time, I'll do a two mile in that time, a three mile in that time. And it's the actual process that gives us the dopamine hit rather yeah. than we get to the, the end goal. And and we've seen that maybe when Tyson Fury talked about his battle with mental health and nah, a few yeah. years back when, when they won the world title and he's thinking to himself what did I do after this? Do you know what I mean? He's, he set out to achieve what he wanted to achieve and he got it. So, is it part of that? Part, do you like the suffering or the hardship or do you like the resilience for it? Or? I'll, give you, I'll give you an example, right? right? What I find with running, right? See when I push myself to that maximum. Like, you know yourself, you've done yourself, right? You've done yourself where the training really hard. It's like a hangover in reverse, right? So, I put myself through like really taught I really push myself so if I'm going to say for example I'm doing a mile mile time trial I'll really really push myself till I'm I've just won his mind still let me know that the book Steve Peters talks about the chimp paradox the chimp in me saying Bob what the fuck are you doing just sit down just what are you on don't run any faster dude. And but me as my essence as a human being I'm like fucking get this done get this done as quick as you can do the best that you can push yourself in and I just drive and I just drive and I just drive and I just drive mm-hmm. and eventually get it. But see the feeling after that? It's like the hangover in reverse. I went through that torture and the pain and then the rest of the day I feel blissful. Uh, I feel uh, absolutely one. And mm-hmm. I know you I'll touch on this quickly. Mm-hmm. You you used to do fighting, right? I used yeah. to do I used to do I, I got to Scottish amateur level. Um I was Scottish amateur champion at Thai boxing, right? Mm-hmm. So people would say to me, um, they would go, oh, fuck's sake, big man in there and he's punching hell at each other and all that. And I would say, I, I say, but I believe it or not, it's a very spiritual experience. Nobody, maybe no get hot in the ring because you've been there before. It's, it's like, it's resilient. You just want to get through. And see the respect that you've got for the other human being. You know, that person who goes in that ring. I'll always respect any human being that's got the boss to go underneath the ropes and get into a ring and yeah. fight another man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I know how hard I've trained, right? Now, you know my training for my cardio. So that cardio engine was the same when I was a fighter, right? I trained like I was going for a world title, even though I was going for a second fight ever. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I just kept going with it and I kept going with it. But see the, the feelings of resilience and, and the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the sense of elation after it. It's set to run. It's set to run. Uh-huh. And I get to run it still. So, yeah, yeah, the best way I can describe this analogy is a hangover on the verse. And it was uh-huh. the same with coming out after getting yourself a doing or winning. One look, I didn't look, I lost one fight and I won most of it. I only had five paid fights, so it doesn't really sound that great. You know what I mean? I had a lot of inner clubs, but I had five uh-huh. fights. So, uh-huh. I had my record was 41. You know what I mean? My ego would like to tell you it was like fucking 15 to one or something, but it was only 41. 
But the experience of coming out of that was absolutely awesome. You know what I mean? But don't get me wrong, I don't want to go back to anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that analogy. And, and I, I'm similar just now. Like, I've moved away to the striking side of it because, you know, there's, I think my brain now, I kind of need it where I'm going. You know what I mean? And I don't really need it to be kind of knocked about my skull. But, uh, and I used to block jabs in my head anyway. So, you know, they two, they two things don't go together. But I like, uh, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, obviously, it's not been, we've not really had much going on just now because of COVID, etc. And that bit. But, uh, and Semo does, he's done it as well. But he can tell you, it can be the most ego-checking, humbling experience ever. You know, when you've got like a guy 20, 30 kilo light on you who's just all over you. And, and even in sometimes when you've been like grappling or wrestling or doing Jiu-Jitsu, even like females, and, and there's this, perception that all right well I, I, you know i better go easy on them and they absolutely ragged all you with a good experience and it can be the massive massive ego check you know when you're on that mat and you're and, and in a sense like you could be just getting the life choked out of you or you could be in a position where you're going like if this was real i'd be dead you know and, but i suppose and, and we're talking about analogies that's life because you can get up and choose the 5th of february is like an absolute ego check. That's like that sixty kilo guy ragged on you about, and you're going, "Well, that was hard today." You know what I mean? But the, Tuesday, the the, the fifth, or the, or the sixth, or the next day after it, or the Wednesday after it. Sorry, then that could be a better day. That could be a different spot, or it can be. Do you know what I mean? And, and I like that. Uh, I like that analogy about resilience and putting into training. And and I think it, it, there is a definite correlation with with training. And I'm not, I'm probably biased in this myself, like understanding philosophy and struggle and endeavour because you put it into a physical form, it's evidentially serious, you know what I mean? If you try and run up a hill and you've not been doing any, or a set of stairs or whatever else and you've not been doing any training, you're going to get found out, you know? So you can see the physical effects of it, but we get that in life. If we haven't done the prep work and we haven't done the resilience training and, and understanding it, we, you know, and something happens, a, a family member, a loved one gets taken from us or anything like that, then, it can catch you blindsided. So, and, and, I, and I know that the Stoics used to kind of, they used to envisage the worst case scenario as a yeah, rent. Yeah, they yeah. would encourage yeah. people to actually yeah. envisage their death, you know, yeah. and think about, not in a morbid way, but to work back for them and say, right, well, I thought it's the worst thing that could happen. What have I got just now? And let's appreciate what I've got just now. Would that be right in saying that with them? Absolutely. I, I did a meditation on death last night, you know that, and not in a morbid way, and it was just kind of, it gives you an appreciation for what you have got today, and then what, what came to me, the, the, the guy who was guiding us through the meditation says, if you were to die today, what would you value the most? Now, imagine that would be anyone who the reality of the new, right? The reality of the new, if you, the, first, the first thing that comes to your head is your loved ones. For me, anyway, for me, and it was not even a a second spot, it was a minute, it was just instant. Right. It was the thought of my son, it was the thought of, um, it was the thought the of isn't it? Yeah, the thought of Maggie, it was the thought of Holly, it was the thought of Max, it was mm. the thought of all the kids and the, my wife or the ex-wife, you know, the back of the that complication stuff. <laughs> you know, uh, um, but there was, um, it, was, it was the people that you loved, you know, your family, yeah. you know what I mean? Because that's the, truly, that's all that we've got, you know, that's the real stuff that we really should be valuing on. And that's the thing with, when I do these pre-meditations on death, it's like, it's not to be morbid, it's just to say, what do I have to go and what do I appreciate the day? Yeah. Cold water stuff then, I offer them the listening to cold water, I think we're talking about it's kind of like the Wim Hof kind of cold exposure thing that we're all kind of into. Uh, how did you kind of find that, Bob, and what kind of benefits did you, have you took to it? Yeah, well, that's a great question. All uh, so the, the what happened with me was um, it came about a wee bit different than a lot of people. Um, what happened was um, I, I meditate a lot, so I'm into meditation. And Wim Hof had a for anybody who doesn't know Wim Hof, he's a, he's known as Ice Man. So his uh, backstory was he got into the cold water therapy. To, he's seen it as a way to combat depression. I think his wife killed herself or something. Uh, no, I He's seen that there was a lot of therapy and getting into nature, as we know there is, because I've, I've done it for a number of years now, uh, and getting into cold water. Mm. And from my experience with it was, um, I started listening to his stuff and doing meditations on it. And then he gave it, the, for any for the listeners that don't want to give this a go, I would suggest you probably try this first. In the meditation, 
one would say start off with five seconds in a cold shower. And I don't mean a cold shower, I mean an ice cold, as cold a shower you can get, again for five seconds. And then the five seconds with 10 seconds, 10 seconds. Eventually, before you know, we were doing it for three minutes. Yeah. And then eventually, there was a group of guys going into the into nature, doing it, guys like yourself, Jed, Big Jed, big group of boys. We were all coming together and we were going into nature, we were going into walks, we were going into the waterfalls. And we've been continually doing that for the last, what, two, nearly three years now. Uh, and the benefits of it for, your, for yourself, someone will get asking the question. It's been a great release. How do I describe it? It's like, I heard a guy from Ireland describe it as this way, and I can only agree with him this. He says, sometimes I don't like the person getting into the water. You know, I might have known a great day. I might, my judgments might be out of sync. Every time I come back out of the water, I like the person who comes out. You know, never once have I known about that in the water. Mm-hmm. feeling great about myself. But maybe, maybe no so for getting into the water, you know. So Aye. I don't know if that kind of answers your question. But Aye, um, so you feel it kind of maybe centers you a wee bit, or kind of brings you into the moment. Maybe all the shit that's going on in the back of your head, that's all gone because you're focusing on, right, I'm, I'm fucking freezing now. It takes all that kind of away. A wee Absolutely. Bit. It's like it, you, this, this initial shock of the system, so you get in the water and then you're smashed in it in the moment. You know, there's no worry about the blitz the wings up to, there's no worry about work, there's no worry about anything. Primal, isn't it? There's a survival mechanism with it. Yeah. And, and what it does, and obviously the, the, for the physical side, of it, it's flooding the body with adrenaline and all the kind of stress hormones on that temporary basis. And it's just the same as like going into a gym and, and bench press and try to bench press whatever, and you know, you're putting your body under momentary stress. And it's like you said, the meditation, the mindfulness practice, or even the breathing exercises before it, it encourages you to stay in the moment. And then when the body goes into that fight or flight situation later on, at a later date, and you've actually taught the brain to be composed within there, then it's a perfect tonic for that sort of thing. That it, it, It's just arisen there right now. We, we keep the stress hormones on far too much. But what I liked to it is when we were doing it with the guys in the man cave last year, that it was the perfect exercise for me between when I understood it, between what the body wants and what the mind wants. Now, we have that when we come when we talk about addictions, right? Yeah. Um, with infidelity, you know, yeah. eating, all of these things. We, we tend to give in to the bodily desires before the mind. And then we, then later on, when we wake up in a flat somewhere else and we, 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 we shouldn't be here at a party or, or we've, we've tanned a lot of this or drank a lot of that or, or yeah. texting somebody we shouldn't be texting, you think and say, why do I keep doing this? Because you've succumbed to the 95% of the subconscious, which is the bodily response. So I know, having known you and no personal experience, you don't, when you talk about meditation, mindfulness, you're not really the biggest in spirituality side of it. So where, where, do, you keep, where do you keep it the right way when you've got your stoicism, which is practical, theoretical, you know, based philosophy, and then yeah. you verge back into like the meditation and, and the in the creative world and the mindfulness. So how do you overlap the two of them? The mindfulness, I mean, I, I, it's, it's not that I do, I do totally detached spirituality and I've got no belief in a, a great creator. I, I mean, I do believe in causality, obviously. I believe in the Big Bang and, and evolution and science and so forth. You know, do I believe in a, a, a God personally? Me, probably no. You know, I just because I understand the size of the cosmos and understand, you know what I mean? So I, I've never had something like this personal God to me. But with meditation, it's purely scientifically based, you know, it just calms my mind in, you know, yeah. just breathing, you know, breathing in for, say, five, six seconds and letting it for seven, eight seconds, you know, for me, it just totally slows the mind in. I don't need to be attached to the mystical elements of that, whereas I'm not rejecting the mystical elements of that. Mm. It's, it works for lots and lots of people. But for me, it's like I'm just quite a rational, scientific-based kind of person. Right. You know what I mean? And that's just the way I'm a very... So you shouldn't, shouldn't be a reliance as such? I am not into magical thinking, you know. It's like, because it always... For me, the flaw with magical thinking is, if I can... So for example, a lot of people believe in the laws of attraction, right? Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people say, if I put it out there to the universe, the universe will give it the return, mm-hmm. right? So when that works for me, I go, yes, that's great, right? But... See, when I'm feeling like shit, it's not really working for me then. So that's just like, so if the magical thinking can work for that way, why does it not work the other way too? Does that make sense? That's my felt with magical thinking. Aye. It's like, just go with the experience. 
You know, I just try and go with the experience of life. And life's going to give me good days. Life's going to give me bad days. But really, it's due to my judgments. You know, that's what stoicism really helped me. I can judge its uses ever going about the rain. The farmer might want the rain to come because he's wanting his crops to grow. But if you want the sun to get so we can get yeah. the rain today. You know what I mean? Yeah, I care you. You know, it's like mystical, mysticism. It's like uh, Maggie's really deep in mysticism and that, and she'll tell me about her belief system. And it's all right, I, li- I listen to her. It's like, but mm-hmm. it's like I, I don't need to believe in it, but I, I accept other people's beliefs. And if see if it works for them, and their life is more beneficial for that, for me then it has to work. It works anyway, you know what yeah. I mean? I may not believe in it, but if it's working for them, I'm happy with that, you know? Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I mean, you need creative intention before you go and do anything, you know? You, is it, um, there's a saying that he who thinks he's right and he who thinks he's wrong is usually right on both occasions is that right some, some saying along those lines right there um, but I like to think it when when you when you're in a negative thought pattern and, and you're trying to you know push yourself on to do something the, the body responds to it you know the, the muscles or the, 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 the gut feeling it's just not in it so I get the, the full point of having positive affirmations and intentions you've got to keep yourself in a positive mind frame but at the same time you just can't sit there and think your way out of a situation there's got to be a point where you say let's get practical about this let's roll the sleeves up like you want to get fitter that's great and you're thinking all the right things but you actually need to put the trainers on and get back out into the street and then just run you know and then see where, where you go from there with it so so not Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, like your, it's like your ability to execute what you're learning, if you know what I mean. You can get all your yeah. kind of theory all you want, but until you kind of get to a stage of taking like, action, like, no, like effective action, do you know what I mean? It's, nothing's going nothing's to change for that. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's only like you as an individual just to you know, try and pull yourself up and just like, fucking go for it, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. So what about the, the Facebook page then, Bob? You've got a Facebook page called the, the Scotland Stokes, is that right? Um, yeah, you want, yeah. How did that one come about? And then, well, and then if you could tell us what, what the idea was behind the podcast as well. I will, of course I will. So the, the Scotland Stokes, I would love to say that was my, my baby, but it's not at all. It's actually, I'll give a shout out to him, Colin Hay. Colin, um, Colin's a great guy. He uh, started up the Facebook page a number of years ago, just trying to get like-minded stories. You know, it's like it's, it's the, the philosophy um, is getting a wee bit more widely renowned now, but it, it wasn't you know, so for a number of years. So um, we just try to get like-minded people together. So the Facebook page is there. Anybody that's wanting to check it, go to the Scotland Stories Facebook page. Yeah. We've also got a website called the Scotland Stories. The podcast now, the podcast is an, an interesting one. We. Me and Colin were having a discussion one night and we were saying, we were causing the COVID crisis. We were saying to each other, um, we'll have a, a meeting, we can meet up so we can still speak to each other about stoicism and so forth. And uh, I said, why don't we get a guest on? So Colin was jokingly says to me, unless you can get Massimo or Donald on, then there's not really any point. Something along the lines anyway, right? So uh, do you want to then, because, sorry, but I, yeah. I know from personal experience, they're fucking big hitters. You know yeah. what I mean? In the story world, it's like, you know what I mean? I'm going to do a chat show. Who am I going to go and get? I'll go and get the Queen. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you're not even starting at a low level there when it comes no. to the, the world of stoicism. So for any yeah. Disney, know, do you want to like kind of enlighten who Donald and Massimo is? I, 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 I was going to go with that. So uh, Massimo, Massimo Pigliucci is uh, he's a professor in uh, three different fields. <laughs> so he's just, uh, you don't fuck about there, Bob. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> to get to be, become a doctorate, right? To become a doctorate, he's got three different doctorates. Sorry, he's a professor and uh, psychology at New York. University, some stay at New York University or something. I can't remember exactly, right? So before him, I got I, I contacted Don Robertson, who is a psychologist, world-renowned in the, the field of stoicism. Wrote Scottish as well, mate. Scottish as well. We need to get that back. That's another thing. I, 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 we'll get. We'll go on there. Cardinal sin. My biggest cardinal sin. We did. So I got Donald on as the first guest, right? And it was we didn't even call a podcast. Yet. We were just having an online meeting. And I forgot to record the episode. So I get this. Oh, yes. With Donald Robertson, the, I mean, world renowned stoic uh, writer, I mean, 500 odd articles, uh, seven, eight books, you know, 
dozens, maybe scores and scores of podcasts. And this fucking ass here forgets the press uh, conference. Actually, uh, saying you bumped into Clip Canoe Reeves at Glasgow Airport, running, you're like, you got a phone? No, no, I never got a phone. Oh, shit. I, 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 never, I, I, never, I, I, never, I, I, never, 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 So, if Donald, you ever hear this, I need to get you back on, mate. You're in a game. Please come back on again. So, so, we got Donald on, right? And then I was like, I messaged myself, I emailed myself, if you look to this professor, you know, you expect him just to, you know, no reply. Within a couple of days, he was back to me. He says, yeah, I'd be interested. He was our first official. The way the NBC will call it a podcast, so we'll try and get somebody on every couple of weeks. And we've did that up to now. So I've had Massimo on, I've had Donald on, like the, the biggest hitters of them all on first. Uh, and then we've got uh, a girl called Casey Pierce, who's excellent. You know, Casey was great. Aye, it was a great album. Scott Perry, uh, another great guy. Uh, and boys name. The Irish boy, I'll come back to him. I know he's going to speak. Mm-hmm. Bad. I can't remember the guy's name. That's the one that you've got. Guys coming on a lot, boy. Michael Bay. Uh, Erlen, Erlen Michael Bay. That's and we have got Jonas Salzgaber coming on next week. Who Jonas wrote the book, the little, the little stoicism. Brilliant book, very. I actually downloaded that. I'm going to listen to that one. Um, so for any of the listeners who uh, who see it as oh, an ancient philosophy is hard to get it, read this book. It, it makes it so simple, simplified, easy to learn, easy if you've got an uh, audio. Format, easy to listen to, really, really good. So I'm really looking forward to him coming on. And I'll probably get other people, I'll get yourself on at some side, Jennifer, I'll get uh, anybody else that's interested in stoicism on. I just want people to, to discuss this topic of philosophy. Is he not for these academics? Or the, I mean, I'm not saying it's not for academics, it's for right. academics too, but it's, it's a practical philosophy that we can all implement into life. You don't need to be a professor to implement this. Stuff. I'm a fucking tramp for the scheme. You know, you small business going through, you know, it's like, and I practice these principles every single day. And, yeah. I've, and I'm trying to get out there. If I can do this and apply this stuff into my life, then anybody can apply this stuff into their life. And that's what my, my, my goal of the, the podcast is, is to make it more accessible. And also, and I'll, and I'll finish up with this one, is to get to know the guests first. Because what we find in this, the field of stoicism is mm-hmm. I'll go on and uh, most podcasts and they're either talking about like adversity, talking about resilience, talking about the virtues, or talking about that. We do talk about those things, but we get yeah. to know who the guest is. Like you have come on and asked me about my life today. Uh-huh. I do when my guests that come on to on the podcast, I want to know who they are before we talk about philosophy, and that's what we do slightly different, and then we get into the meats and bones of the philosophy. Uh-huh. So uh, that's how it came about. So, and I am I'm, I'm, I'm quite I'm proud of it. I'm, I'm happy. I'm content with it, and long may it continue. Uh, it's gone really well. No, it's great. You've took it like a duck to water, but I'm, I'm, I love the bit that you come back there and, you, and you're kind of breaking it down for the like the layman's terms and I'm a scheme rat and all that stuff. Like, because <laughs> I, I, I used to go with a handle on uh, Instagram as a council, the council stoic. It was a council uh-huh. stoic, then it was a council stoic. But I get what you're talking about, right? Because when people probably think about this word, then you get people, everybody posts memes about it, right? We're living on here digital, uh, Instagram, Facebook, memes and all the rest of it, and quotations, and they're putting something up with Seneca, they're putting up with Socrates, yeah, or, yeah. and they're just firing it up, and they're, I don't mean they're not living by it, right? Or they're not, you know, it's like, it's just on the life. So they be maxims, these be sayings, these be phrases. But I like how you're saying, it's de- I find it dead easy to understand and I'm like you I'm a wee bit like that as well and I, I grew up in a council estate what class guy and a wee bit rough around the edges with things and that yeah. I find it so relatable even in this like 2,000 odd year or whatever it is or 3,000 or 5,000 years later after the, there were all, all these scriptures and and um, as Marcus said earlier his, his, his memoirs as such you know his, yeah, his diary his meditations you know what I mean yeah. It's so easy to transfer that onto everyday subjects. So what do you think now when you actually see where, you're, I know you're trying to encourage people to get involved with it and understand it and, and adopt it, but where, is there a point, and I know that some people in the, in the, the stoic world, and I heard somebody on your, your podcast the other day, they get a bit protective about it. It's not for everybody and that sort of thing, mate, you know, and, and people can't just dip in and out it. And I know you say to yourself, but it's no, it's no a quick fix. It's an actual way of life. But so, where do you where do you sit when it comes to actually encouraging people into it, and then 
the people who is like think it was just going to be read one book and then that's all done, mate. You, you need to actually practice it. Ah, that's a good question. It's a, for me as it's a it's a complete it's a life philosophy is a lifetime event. It's not something you, you read a one book and then that's it. You know what I mean? So and it's right. It's no for everybody. You know because it's very rational based. It's very based on virtue. There's no as much maybe modern stoicism. There's not as much element on mysticism, right? But but if you go back to the ancients, the ancients all believed in the god, the gods. You know, Zeus and so forth, and Marcus Aurelius talks about God a lot, Epictetus talks about God a lot, Epictetus especially talks about God massively through his, his teachings of God's being Zeus and, and so forth. So, for me, I, I prefer the kind of modern element of it, you know, because it works for me, but there's people in my family that just think I'm a weirdo. You know, it's like my dad, I'll put me quotes up, like, I put quotes up daily, not, not as much lately. Uh, my dad will my dad say, it's like you're putting up your fucking weird nose. <laughs> you know, like, philosophy is good for me. You know, for stoicism, for me, it's about applying it out in the real world. You know, it's like, don't run away from adversity, go towards it, whatever the obstacle is, the way becomes the way. Marcus Aurelius quote, whatever the obstacle is in your life, that's the way that you need to go. You don't run away from it. But there's people who are Epicureans who think that the best way to achieve um, virtue and the best way to take uh, eudaimonia, they call it in stoicism, is that sense of fulfillment, is mm -hmm. to escape in society, is to go and live in a commune somewhere. You know, it's like, and I've got family members and I've got even my partner, she's, she's into that kind of life, she'd love that lifestyle, mm -hmm. whereas I'm, no, no, you need to be in the community. You know, you need to, mm -hmm. for me, stoicism was the kind of philosophy that says, no, you need to give back within your community. So within my community, my community, I mean, my Dutch community, mm -hmm. my community is my business that I run. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I need to go and face that kind of stuff. Local stuff, like the resilience group around the corner, where I stay, there's a, ch there's a chapel in the corner, go out and give them a hand. Stuff that, for me, is, is the ideal for the vultures that I try and adhere to. Mm -hmm. you know? Does that make that, sense? That perfect sense. I mean, so is that important to you? Is that, is that a definite part of your, you have to give back? Do you feel that you can Or did you decide that to, with yourself? Or was that born out of your philosophy or born out of the, the addiction groups with, that you have to pay back? Or did you, did you adopt that? Probably more the both. The, 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 they're so intertwined. The philosophy, especially, you know, definitely it's about, you know, we are all citizens. That's when it came to the cosmopolitanism came from stoicism. You know, we're all citizens of the universe, right? Yeah. So we all came, if you read the meditations, Marcus and Alex talks about the, the, the same rows of teeth and skin and so forth and that, and we're all here to work with each other, not against yeah. each other, which is the same format of spirituality or philosophy, however you want to describe it, it's the same ethos that you'll get in addiction groups. 12-step recovery program is based on that kind of ideal. The, the, the addict must help the other addict to, to survive. And the, the term that they use, they must give it away to keep it. You know, when I first heard them, I went, how the fuck did you use something away to keep it? But I get it. It was about giving away my experience to others and helping them, then me help myself, but also them at the same time. So that's in each and every one. I hope that somebody should listen to today gets that for us. Is that we're not, it's like Francis Bacon said, no man's an island. We're not an island. We're here to help each other. That's what humanity, I think, must be doing. But sadly, we don't usually get that a lot, but we try our best, especially in the stoic field and the addiction field. Yeah. It's part of the 12 steps, isn't it, as well? Is that one of the 12 steps to kind of help someone else along that journey? I'll maybe bastardise it a wee bit there and we'll quite get it right, but it's part of your 12 steps. Is that right? Saying that way to help somebody as well in the, in the same position? No, I definitely it is. It, 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 when I'm on my phone Technical issues in the first episode always happen. Sorry, sorry, mate. So when you go through the process, I'm not going to go through every twelve step of no, the twelve no. step. But the twelfth step is that once you've had a spiritual awakening, is it, that's the term they use in um, in A and C for, for me. So once I've had a psychological experience or once I've had a philosophical experience, it's about you now need to go and give us a way to keep it, which I say is you know what I mean. So that's what I do. So how I do that is I, I put myself forward for sponsorship, which is just somebody who's been through a twelve step process and has got a good life out of that and. 
you just show them how you did it. That's all it is. It's just guidance. It's like guidance. That's all it is. And that's all I do. So I think I don't know if that answers it for you, but that's that's. Ah, I know. Perfect, mate. Perfect. All right. Um, I, well, so where are we on now? We're, we're, that's about an hour. That's a good chat. I've enjoyed that, mate. Um, so why don't we? Where, where can we find you then, Bob? Right. So um, if you want to, if anybody wants to contact me, just go and check out Bob Keenan on Facebook. I'm on that. My, I would give you my, I'll give you my email address, and but I'll also be giving away my football team at the same time. So some of you might not like this when I say it, but oh, you're me. dividing our audience already, mate. We're only getting kicked oh, off. Dividing it. Oh, oh, no. I like your football team, mate. <laughs> I'll email you. The, the, the email address is big B B I G B eighteen eighty eight. Oh, I can guess that. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not exactly subtle. Uh, <laughs> it's all love you, all guys. So it's. I've had that email address for years. I'm sorry. Uh, so get me that. But if you want to hear the podcast, go to. You can either go to iTunes. It's on most podcast podcast providers now. Um, but iTunes is one of them. Uh, Anchor's the one I do it through, and the podcast is called the Scotland Stoics. So go and check us out on that. And you'll hear a wee bit about philosophy and find out that even this fucking asking date, so if I can date, he's can all can date. So thanks, guys, for having me on. Cheers. Man, so so just to just to cap it off, Bob. Just one kind of final uh, finale. Where if somebody else was in your position, is where you were maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? What would, what advice would you give them? What would you say? What would you say to yourself back then? What you would say right now? Well, that's a really good question, mate. Actually, uh, I thought I'd just talk, take that yeah. right in at the end. Like, I was like, I pulled that one at the bagger. I, I think I, I think if I was to be brutally honest, was uh, just trust in the process. You know, it's like I. I've achieved a life that's beyond my wildest dreams. You know, what I mean, sometimes my hero tell me that. You know, I could give a lot of shit, but. Where I was 15 years ago to another day is unbelievable, right? And it was through the influence of peers. I mean, positive peers, not people. I mean, a lot of the guys I used to hang about with were mental, right? And I still love them to this day. But as I say to my, my son the other day, I say to my son, I says, son, who's your dad's best friend? And I'm not going to name the two guys, but my two mates, right? And I says, I says, who do you hang about? And I think the penny dropped them. It's like the process of days that, I hang about the ideal role models today. Mm-hmm. I apply myself in an appropriate manner today. So if I was to tell myself 50 years ago what to do, I'd have promises just believe in the process and everything will turn out all right no matter what. Back to the old saying I was saying when Nietzsche says earlier on, Amore Fatai, love of one's fate. Well, oh, I don't know. Wait. Shall we end it on that? That is it. How are you going to talk that? You know what I mean? It was, it was, it was Mike, a mic drop on that. Glorious bit. Just of a mic drop. Wisdom there, just like, you know what I mean? Love one's own fate, 